We start today. It only cost me a coffee too, I'm rapt to say. Although the suggestion is I should have at least paid a muffin and a biscuit. I'm not sure. He's in pre-season training. David King, an impromptu means test for us. Hello, Kingy. Morning, G. Good to be uh, swinging by. Just come in, make sure everything's okay in here. There's been a bit, a bit reported. You, you know what? You, what I've read lately is you should have been paying coffees a lot more this year. Yes, clearly I should have. <laughs> I don't know what's true and what's not, what to believe or what not to believe, but uh, it's good to see you anyway. My wife thinks I have a – well, I do have a punting wallet. She thinks I've got a whole punting account going on now, siphon. Um, it is it is good. What, how have you been busying yourself? Yes. Uh, no, I haven't been doing too much. I've just had a bit of a break, to be to be fair, uh, a bit of time into the family and see some people you don't see for the six months of the footy season. But you don't – you never switch off from footy. I mean, it's constant, isn't it, now with the trades and the draft and, and now back into pre-season training, which, which I, I love. Mm. I, I really enjoy – Getting around the clubs, and you know, clearly you don't get the opportunity to go to to the interstate clubs. It got to the Suns last year, but that was uh, that was just a, an opportunity too good to refuse. But outside of that, being across what's happening in Melbourne is is a, a great starting point. So twofold today, I thought, given the, all the pictures of preseason that landed with us Monday and Tuesday, we would dig in. So what's behind that? You pioneered a new level of of study around the preseason last year and how you're going to approach it this year. But before then is the, the hot topic of the draft and specifically the, the Northern academies and the NGAs and how this draft was compromised to the point of manipulation by what happened. The AFL is, is searching for a solution. It, it won't remain the same. And this has piqued your interest. Yeah. And I don't think it's just this year. I mean, everyone's jumping up and down because the Gold Coast, had the the benefit of four guys in, in there were all elite picks in in one uh, one draft. I say good luck to them. I'm not I'm not here to to, to poo poo that at all. I think that that's that's terrific. But father son selections and academy picks make no mistake, Jared. They win your premierships. They build your list in a way that no other selection can do because. Teams at the moment are just chasing, which I think is a nonsense. That the point system to me is a complete bust, because it allows clubs with a first round selection to trade back to next year to swap that with a club for next year. So they bank two first rounders next year straight away, and use picks. You know, like Nick Dacos at pick four was pick thirty eight, forty, forty two, and forty four. No one in their right mind think that that's that's like type. So it's a massive problem. I think that when Laura Kane and, and probably Jeff Walsh will have a say in this as well, uh, given his expertise and why he's ba- uh, been dragged back in a couple of days a week to the AFL. I think that they'll look at this one. And I think this will be the most important change to the game in terms of your ability to create a list that has the potential to win a premiership quickly. You know, we, we, we're sort of just seeing the start of it with Brisbane, with Ashcroft and Fletcher, you know, the dogs with Darcy and Jamara. It would, it, 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 Crofty now gets on board as well. So we're sort of seeing what it can do quickly to lists. Um, so I, I, I think that people are snoozing on this a little bit. Oh, there'll be alterations, mate. Don't, don't just think there'll be nice, subtle alterations. This is something that's going to really change the ability for your club to rise quickly via father-son academy selections. What would you do? I just think that at the moment they're, they're way too cheap. And the point system for me doesn't work. I think you've got to pay, you've got to pay like type. You shouldn't be able to trade out of an area where a player is likely to be bid upon um, to have a greater gain. So if you if you know that 
And Jed Walter was the talk this year, but I'm not going to use Jed. Let's use Jamari Hagen, right? He's going to go pick one or two in that draft. The Dogs, or, or whatever club it is at that stage, should be forced to hold a pick or trade up to a pick that's within six, eight, ten selections of that of that bidded number. So if they had to hold a pick, say, ten picks after, or pick ten for pick one, then they don't have the ability to trade that pick out for, for Trelaw as readily. Or they have to draw forward rather than delaying that first round selection. So instead of tipping that out, um, yeah, like Sam Darcy at pick two, they get him for pick 34, 40 and 43 or whatever it was, those picks deep. If they had to hold onto a pick or trade from pick 17 down to pick 12, then that creates a bit of movement as well for teams that are down the bottom of the ladder. So as an equalisation measure, you're drawing the better teams forward in the draft. They have to trade. They have to trade for picks. You get overs. The guys that are already down the bottom of the draft that have got picks one, two, three, four, five, are probably likely to get ahead of their father, sons, or academy picks. So they will get two licks of the ice cream yep. before they have to um, get caught up. So I, I think if you want to reset this as an equalisation tool, which it should be, what that's the whole point of the draft, is you must pay like types for those bidded players, those academy selections. And I don't care how many you take. And then you don't have to have restrictions on, you know, those compensation, or those picks being, um, you know, we're talking about the national, um, the, well, the NGAs, you know, some, some restrictions on there where you, unless it's outside of pick 40, you can't, you can't bid on that. But we don't have to have any of that. You've just got to have like-type picks. Like Brisbane weren't, weren't able to do, if those four players were at Brisbane's academy, they wouldn't have been able to select them like the Gold Coast did. Well, well that's rubbish. So if you've just got like picks, then I think that um, I think you correct things pretty quickly. So if we used Gold Coast as the live example before yeah. us, so Jed Walter gets bid on at three, so they would have had to have kept their first round pick to spend there. So they'd have to have a pick inside 13 yeah. to be able to get him. Exactly right. And then nine when Ethan Reed is bid upon, they would have to have a pick inside 19. So yeah. that's going to force their hand to trade, find a partner to trade inside there. And then at 14... Jake Rogers, yep. and then uh, it's spilt down to 26 with Will Graham. So have a pick inside a catchment of 10 to so, be able to spot get on. that player. So I'm not I'm not saying that they've done anything wrong. No, I'm, no. I'm, what I am saying is that if they trade out their first pick at pick four to get next year's first rounder, they're winning twice. And I don't think that's right. Give them the four players if they want to if they want to match those bids. So they may, they may not want to match those bids under a, a different system, but clearly they they, they did. Um, but drag them forward rather than rather than allow them to delay, because I just think as an equalisation measure, it doesn't work if you do that. And I love the father son selections, but you can't be you, you can't be getting the the game's best juniors coming through and paying pick forty and forty two for them. That that's. That's not what we're about. I don't think there's one person who sits on the couch watching the, uh, the the draft coverage that understands the point system. When the graphic comes up, everyone says, "Oh, how, what, what, what's this mean?" So I think it was a useful mechanism when it was first brought in because you used to be able to pick up your father sons in the uh, was it the end of the second round or something? Yeah, third so, round. Yeah, you could get them so cheap. So the point system was a necessary invention, but it's just outdated mm. now. Yeah, and clubs. And credit to the list managers. They, they've outsmarted the AFL. I mean, what Sydney did with the Nick Blakey um, draft, where they traded out, used their, their Brumby picks, 
got Nick and then traded back in. I think their next pick was was Robottom. So they were able to outsmart the system. They they put they put the clamps on that pretty quick, but they've allowed everything else to stay. So I think there'll clearly there'll be a shift, Jared. It's just how drastic is that shift, and what will it do? So if you're if if you're at a club, you're thinking, okay, how can we pick this apart straight away? I think the only way to do it is to force clubs to keep like type picks. Would you need to do that on the night? So it would be an interesting part if if Gold Coast was suddenly left scrambling for a pick inside 19 when the Mm. bid came at nine. Uh, For those who were saying the draft was a bit dry, she'd be on for young and old at that stage. Yeah, well, that's a sport in itself for these clubs because what what it does, if you you bid on a player ahead of – and knowing that it's going to be matched – it pushes your selections back. So if you're having to match someone else's bid on your player, well, you pay less for them. So I, I, I just think challenge clubs to, to bring their picks forward rather than delay them because we want to live in the now. This is where they are. They're 17th on the table. This is, these are the picks they've got. And if they need to use, exhaust other options to get more talent in this year, we'll drag picks forward from next year rather than delay everything. It just... It's ruining. It's ruining this this pillar of, of, of as an equalisation tool. And just for clarity, you're supportive of the Northern Academies. Love them, love them, and I, lo- I love the father sons, and I think it's terrific. And you just you've just got to work out how you do it. But make no mistake. I mean, would someone said to me this morning, would, would Collingwood have won the flag without the father sons of Dacos Moore and the the, the NGA of, of Quaynor. They're the sort of players you're talking about. The impact that these guys have had on this premiership tilt is enormous. Now, they haven't paid what they should have paid for those guys um, because of the system, and I'm not having a go at them. I'm just saying that they've done the right thing, but that's what we're talking about. We're talking about building premiership lists, uh, and you've got to pay real, real-term picks. 0433 98 11 16 40 Winks Temper Text Temper a mattress like no other. It's an impromptu catch up with David King who's got ideas to put before you. So that's the draft. Fix that. Now let's get to the preseason <laughs> in a moment. Our McCafe coffee catch up. Uh, it, was, it was a hot, flat white. Yeah. It cost me. Barista made ice cold Small. drive through for your iced coffee favourites at McCafe. You going all right? Everyone's back at school. That's what happened with the preseason returns on Monday. In behind the photos, what's going on? Now, nobody did this better across the last preseason than David King. Refined a level of coverage. It used to be just miles in the legs. The footies wouldn't come out before January. There's so much more that goes into a preseason now. Our McCafe coffee catch-up, barista-made ice cold, drive through for your iced coffee favourites at McCafe. How much of what happens in November, December, January shapes the material fortunes of teams when they get into the season proper? Oh, well, there, there are different people have different views on this. I don't think it's everything, but gee, it's a great lead. It's, it's a great lead into, um, one, the, the health of your footy club and, and what that can do for you over a three-month you know, training period, training block. And what it can set you up for into the season. Now, there's some people. We did the preseason reports last year. Josh Gablich and I went to pretty much every available session where you, where you could see something meaningful. Not every session was meaningful. Um, it's hit and miss. And we would give an opinion on what we'd seen, and, and then some would say that's just rubbish. 
you know, we're not going there to say, oh, he's trained the house down. That's n- that's not never mentioned that. No, no. In any, we're not, not flying in no, summer. No. That's not it. Can I give you my, my checklist? I'll give you a checklist of things that we look for. The number one alarm for me at clubs at this stage of the year are surgeries. Players that have been impacted by surgeries, how many have you had? How many are, are on the sidelines for six, eight, 10, 12 weeks? When you hear someone starting training in January, they're in trouble. They're two and a half months behind everyone else that they're going to be competing against come round one, which is the first week of March. So that's going to come really quickly. So in an eight-week span, you've got to pick up on the rest of the competition that's been going for, for four or five months. Doesn't happen, Jared. So surgeries, to me, are the greatest alarm you can have at a footy club. And clubs are pretty guarded with that information now about the volume and how many they've, they've had. The second part to that is is how many sessions players have been impacted for. So whether it's a hamstring, a niggle, they've had something happen. They've had an event yep. happen at training or in an off-season. Um, how long does that impact them for? Do they miss a block of one week? Are they Have they had a... Um, a secondary injury, you know, upon return, those sorts of delays, yep. anything that that impacts your ability to have three main training sessions a week for twelve weeks. Yes, is, is so that's number two. The third thing I probably look for uh, uh, something that's new, whether it's a, a new a new position for a current player or or has. Um, and I just saw a text come through before. I didn't park it, unfortunately. Is 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 there someone turned up in a shape? That, that strikes the eye. Christian Petrarca, five years ago, bang. Who? What has happened yeah, here? Yeah. And you go, wow, he's ready for a season. Yep. Someone just put uh, Sam Darcy. Looks a different size. Just looks like a man now, not a, not a boy. So that, that, that can be a massive shift on where he can play, his durability, uh, all those sorts of things, what the coach can do with him. And then obviously there's the new positions with the trade acquisitions. So last year when we went to Collingwood, we talked about, I said, I think I can see all four of these guys playing. Yes. Like Frampton was holding down a position down back. You had Hill look like he challenged um, Jack Ginnivan straight away, who turned up slightly out of condition, and that was enough to open the door for Hill to take his place. And then you obviously had Mitchell in the middle, um, and we spent months talking about Nick Dacos. What does that allow them to do with Nick yes. Dacos? Does he just stay half back? Blah, blah, blah. So there were, there were all those things, and McStay was the one that people couldn't place. Is he actually going to be the player they need him to be? And when we saw what he was able to do in the back half of the year, as I think he was the number one target inside forward 50 across the competition in the second half of the year. In terms of you kick the ball to that guy, you get a return. So he was he was significant in the back half of the year. And even in those those couple of finals there where he, where he kicked multiple goals. Um, the next thing is probably new strategy. And, and different clubs are trying different things. Are they Are they... Have they gone away from defending one-on-one to becoming a spatial defence? Have they gone away from slow, static ball movement to freewheeling, you know, handball yeah, yeah. game? Now they're going to move the ball. We hear Richmond are going to move the ball. They're yep. going to play with their – I always think they have, but they're going to do it a different way. Yep. They're going to be – they're going to live with mistakes is, is the terminology they're going with. Um, so there's, there's all those sorts of things. So, so new coaches bring new strategy. So whether they're senior coaches or they're the, the back office crew, you know, the pit crew, if you like, um, what is what does that look like and how do you think that'll help? Um, and then then the, the last one is probably quality. What, what, are you seeing all of that come together and elevate the, the, the standard of training? 
So I think that when I when I watched Melbourne last year, every session, life and death, and you go, it was it was awesome to go and watch. That's when we we sat here and we said, look, if they're top of the table after ten weeks, they may have a dip, they may come again late in the season. It was exactly exactly what happened. So. Yeah, you know, we're not looking for the complete story. You never get the and there's a little bit of guesswork in there, but there's no there's no secret to when you go and watch a Nick Dacos train like he did last year. You say this this is unreal. This is going to go next level across the competition, um, and I don't know who that's going to be this year, but but we'll we'll go and watch watch them all and and you compare them to the competition, not to themselves yes. really, and not to you're not crystal balling too much. And the the two minute drills that you were seeing, which ended up determining the whole season, yeah, is Collingwood's uh, mastery of the close finish to win it to save it. That you were seeing that, and then that was the defining quality of the year. And so picture every club's preseason this year, Jared. Every club will be doing the two minute drills for the last twenty minutes of training. They will, and it's not not necessarily the the. Uh, the physical side of it. it's more the, the the mental side of it. Hey, what are we trying to achieve here? You don't necessarily have to crash and bash or do anything. Well, how how should the game look? What are we trying to achieve? So you're trying to create 22 coaches or 23 coaches for game day that they all know what should be uh, invoked. You don't need to put up those stupid signs and you don't need to run messages out because they just know. And that's what happened with Collingwood. What they kill seven minutes on the clock in that prelim was it? Yeah, they, and seven they did minutes it repeatedly. Yeah, unbelievable. We've never seen that before. So th- this is what we're talking about. You can gain massive advantages on the competition through November, December, January, February. That if and if you don't believe that, you're living under a rock because Collingwood and Craig McRae have shown you that in the most recent example. All right, I got one more to ask you on that front after Nathan in the newsroom. Nathan, thank you. David King is in the studio. The last element of the preseason I wanted to ask you about was the talk. The chat. So, um, <laughs> Craig McRae said that he wanted to be there day one of preseason, but he had that the study commitment in the US. But he felt that to be able to set the tone the first time the whole group comes together. So my mind wandered to Melbourne. First time together after they've been um, under siege while they've been various parts of the world. The Bulldogs, who have got an external review going on as they regather for the preseason. The the Suns, first time under Damien Hardwick. Is he starting with culture or is he starting with X's and O's? Because both of them have to be done. Mm. How significant at a couple of clubs might the talk have been on day one back? I hadn't really thought about this until you mentioned it this morning. I, I don't know. I, the answer is I, I don't know. And some players and some people um, really grab on and, and, and hold these these words and these messages close to them and, and, and it drives them. And other players would struggle to tell you what the meeting was about. You know, once they leave the room, what was that all about? Oh, uh, something about, um, you know, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. <laughs> you know, it, it's, yeah. it's different for everyone. So I don't, I, I don't know is the simple answer, but I, I can always remember Dennis Pagan used to theme pre-seasons and when we had a, a few seasons in a row where we just didn't quite get there, he, he themed one every little thing counts. So anytime there was a shortcut taken, whether it be not doing a weight session, not doing a, not doing a physio session or even missing massage, whatever it was, he'd just say, hey, this is the sort of stuff that kills us third quarter of a prelim, this is when it comes back and get and bites us, that you're not 100% invested and 100% ready to go. 
So that, that, that theme of every little thing counts is probably the main one that I can remember. Um, but I think that when the new coach comes in, you're talking about Damien Harbick. I mean, that, that's a major shift, isn't it? Yep. Craig McRae comes in, major shift. What's this guy like? What's he going to say? Uh, how are we going to play? And they come in and they, you know, even Luke Beveridge, when he first got to the Dogs, it was the perfect time for a handover from the contested game to, hey, we're going to play. We're going to maximise, you know, our handball game and our run and gun, and we're going to excite. They're the sort of shifts that I think really excite playing groups. Outside of that, it's pretty much, I mean, what one club does to the next is pretty similar, I think. They're just words. They're just themes in the end. Um, and this time of year, I think all the challenges are your own. They're all personal. Can I get better? Can I deliver more for the team? And a lot of players are exploring how good they can be. They're some, you know, you're 20 years of age. You're 21 years of age. You're not even sure how good you are. So new opportunity, new position, new times, getting fitter. Um, the, the game now, if you can't run, you can't play. So you've got to be able to put the Ks in the legs. This is what we talk about every session fronting up. You build that durability. And then you can be a part of all these on-field discussions. Yep. But until until that point, you really don't know. So, I mean, what would be the discussion at Melbourne, do you think? I think it would – Max Gorn would have seized a moment to have a conversation around their culture, how they're being perceived, how they want to act. I think that was clear from Simon Goodwin when he sat in the studio. I think the Bulldogs would have – it would have been a reassuring tone, is we're doing everything to remove any possible obstacles. This is not a destructive – external review this is to give you every conceivable chance to make sure we've got it all lined up i remember phil davis said so to me positive or negative so so before po you leave positive it. yeah so the, the players the, are sitting there thinking this is yep. fantastic because i think on the outside when you're away from the club you'd be going oh right so an external review in november what's it? i think you'd be walking in going this is why we're doing it and this is what it will mean for you in our quest for the top four yeah Phil Davis said something to me um, about when Adam Kingsley arrived and he said it, it is such a shift from going in game, we do A, B and C. Well, now we're doing X, Y and Z yeah. and you have to ingrain that. So you have to learn it and then ingrain it. So you learn it during the preseason and then you ingrain it in the first 10 weeks. So I felt like we saw that materialize. And then the Hardwick side of things is so the Richmond man concept, he will bring something to the Gold Coast. Mm. When does that start? Because he's got to do the ABC to XYZ and then there's the cultural overlay as well. So I reckon you'd be you'd be so excited as a 23-year-old. Oh, what's this going to look yeah. like? So you'd be on edge. You'd want to have presented well. But I reckon you would be excited by the, okay, what am I getting here? Yeah. Where's he going to take us? What's Alex Rance going to do for me? Yeah. So I think... And I reckon the Richmond players who would have been super comfortable in their professionalism for a long time, it'd be going, oh, I'd want to run well in this 2K time trial now. Like First impressions, no matter where you are in your career, there's a new coach to make a first impression with. And there's a nervousness to all that if you're the player. You've still got to deliver. Now you've got to deliver in November or October or December, whenever, they, whenever, those, markers, whenever those markers are. So I, I think – there's, there's a couple of disasters when you're a player, Jared. What, the new coach is a disaster. The new, the new he's a scare because you're not sure what to expect. There's an excitement to it, but there's a real fear. Am I going to be one of his men? Is he going to trust me to do the roles that the previous coach trusted me with? Am I actually 
am I one of his one of his guys? And then there's the the fitness guy. The new fitness guy is as scary as the new coach. Yep. New new you know is he absolutely rock solid high end endurance? We're gonna just he's gonna run us this guy. If you're not a good endurance runner, that that's there's a fear there. If you're not a good power performer, he takes down the power path. Then there's there's a scare there. So there's a couple of positions that cause significant trauma for the players. But again, they're they're, they're little things that um, that are going on in the background for the, this this sort of twelve week period that I think gives you a chance to build health throughout the season. The clubs that have had great off seasons are generally healthy through the through the home and away. West Coast is. Optimism. We want nothing but oozing optimism now inside these walls. Um, so I take it Harley Reid's been front and back page to the paper for five days, but no more dragging our backsides around. So how, how you pitch that and how you infuse that. I think they've got the easiest pitch of all time. That, that now it is, that the, the page has turned. It's over to you young guys. So you're taking priority, but you've got to be at this level. So they've just got to get to those levels that, that they'll set internally um and there is they've got enough there there's i i i love the conversation about the west coast because i think over the next couple of years they'll they'll surprise a few and how quick they bounce back because it was all broken you saw the worst of everything and and it was challenged week upon week to to perform when they weren't able they just weren't there um and once all hope is lost or the season's over it's hard it's hard to to build a to build a, a, a competitive um Week on week performance, I think the next couple of years they'll they'll they won't be anywhere near as bad as what people are saying, and it'll be the youngsters that take over. St Kilda, so probably a relatively nurturing environment last year. I felt there was just something late in the year that Ross Lyon said on three hundred and sixty, which just hinted as it'll be a more demanding environment that they walk into this year. So they've had their first year together. Same at Essendon, a bit of exploration in the first year. Now that we're locked down. Yeah, now, that 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 messaging was there as they left. I wonder what that looked like on day one. The Essendon fan, if you talk to the rusted on Essendon fan, it, it's got to go past words now. That that's that's the discussion. Hey, we're not accept the, these are the standards. If you're not this, this, and this, you're not getting played. Well, I reckon they played a few last year that weren't meeting those standards. Yes. So so did the did selection match the words? I don't think it did last year. So if you're gonna if you're gonna put those. Um, those hooks to the playing group, you've got to, you've got to follow them through and see them through. Um, great signs though, but all those young guys going off to, to training camps together and uh, invest in their own money. They, they've actually you know, personally invested in themselves as a, as a mini business, if you like, um, to deliver upon their end of the bargain. But yeah, we, we talk about Eston a lot, and and they talk a lot. It is it is a little bit, you know, do their actions back up what they say. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. My coffee tab's pretty well run out. Oh, the yes. other one was Carlton. I reckon you can talk about hungry. You wouldn't dare have been the Carlton player who didn't rock up on Monday. You don't have to be there, but you wouldn't dare have been the player that didn't go there. Yeah, yeah unless you're recovering. I'm, I'm from different surgery. on this one. <laughs> I'm different on this. I, the fact that you're there or not there, I'm not sure on that. Uh, You're drawing these blokes back too early. They were all there. (laughs) They were all, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. I'm not going to be the one left out of this. So good. Hey, Kingy, it's great to see you. Good on you, Jake. Have a good summer and we'll follow what you do um, in the the pre-season coverage. Everything everything all right with you? We need to... 
736 736 and 0433 98 Waitley for Hyundai, the Hyundai 2023 SUV event is on now and Host Plus.